Welcome to another episode of the Liberators Network podcast. I am Christian Verwijs, and in this series we're reading some of our most popular posts from Medium. In today's episode, we're addressing the myth that in Scrum we spend too much time in meetings. And this is probably something you recognize. When Scrum is introduced, development teams tend to enthusiastically embrace it. Scrum promotes self-organization, autonomous and multidisciplinary teams, and it acknowledges individual qualities and contributions to a team effort. Who doesn't want to be part of a Scrum team? But quite often, after the initial Scrum honeymoon, people start raising complaints. Like, since the introduction of Scrum, all I do is attend meetings. I didn't become a developer to attend meetings all day long. Or, with Scrum, I hope we would get a team culture, but instead it feels more like a meeting culture. Or, I thought Scrum meetings were time-boxed, but our daily Scrum takes at least 30 minutes, and afterwards we still don't have a solid plan as a team. These frustrations are understandable, and they drive some Scrum teams to abandon Scrum altogether. In this episode, we're going to bust the idea that Scrum is an enabler of a meeting culture, a culture in which Scrum teams are stuck in too many unproductive meetings that prevent them from creating a valuable product for their customers, the work that most of the people signed up for in the first place. Now factually, how time-consuming are the Scrum events, really? If we look at the Scrum guide, it gives us a number of time boxes to work with. And in our experience, those time boxes are based mostly on a sprint of one month, so let's work with that for now. For shorter sprints, the events tend to be shorter. But if we look at the Scrum Guide, the daily Scrum should be at most 15 minutes. Sprint planning, on the other hand, should be no more than 8 hours. Sprint review should be no more than 4 hours, and the sprint retrospective should be no more than 3 hours. Generally speaking, the activity of refining the product backlog requires on average 10% of the capacity of the development team, so the Scrum Guide doesn't give us a specific time box for that. Now considering these time boxes, Scrum doesn't seem like a framework that should result in a meeting culture, because if you look at the time that you have in a sprint, those time boxes together don't account for a lot of time. For a full-time developer in a four-week sprint, The Scrum events take at most 22% of the time. If we take a four-week sprint, that means that we have about 160 hours per person per sprint. And the Scrum events together should account for about 20 hours. And backlog refinement is harder to estimate, but let's say it's about 16 hours per sprint that you're spending on that on and off. Now, if we would visualize the Scrum events for a four-week sprint, it doesn't actually look that bad, right? You have... Some events taking place at the start of the sprint, the sprint planning. You have two taking place at the end, the sprint review and the sprint retrospective. And you have a daily scrum that's happening every day, but that's really short. And maybe you're spending some time on and off on product backlog refinement and making sure that the work for the next sprint is also prepared. Now before diving deeper into this myth and what might be causing those feelings of having to spend so much time in meetings, Let's take a step back and ask ourselves the question, so those 20 hours that we were just talking about per four-week sprint, is it actually worth to spend that much time on these events? Scrum, again, is built on the observation that software development is a complex endeavor. It's hard work. As we work together, our understanding of the problem and the solution grows, and that requires close collaboration between the people that are doing the work and the people that are sort of coming up with the ideas on what to implement. 
by bringing in our individual perspective, expertise, and creativity, we have a better chance of making sense of this complex problem that we're trying to solve. Central to this collaboration are conversations, as Tobias Meyer puts it in his book The People's Scrum. Conversations are really about what has been done, what should be done next, and whether or not that actually works. So Scrum is not about meetings, it's about having conversations at the right moment in time. Scrum provides a minimal set of boundaries, five events, three roles, and three artifacts, to make sure that the appropriate conversation happens at the appropriate time with the appropriate people. It focuses our conversations on what is important at that point in time, as part of the empirical process of Scrum. So, in a way, spending time on the Scrum events is incredibly valuable, as it helps us plan the work, align our work with the problem that we're trying to solve, and to continuously improve our process through timely reflection. Within the complex domain of software development or other complex problems, this is not a luxury, it's a necessity. So technically, we don't spend all that much time in meetings in the Scrum framework. But it would be too easy to end the story there, because we do see a lot of Scrum teams that are spending a lot more time in meetings. And it's understandable that you have people complaining about that. It makes sense I would be complaining about that too as a developer. Now let's explore some of those reasons. And the first one is that the meeting culture was probably already there to begin with. When we started out with our 20-hour time box for a four-week sprint, we assumed that there would be no other need for other meetings. And that's actually also what the Scrum Guide states. It says that the Scrum event should be used to create regularity and to minimize the need for meetings that are not defined in Scrum. And that's where the interesting thing happens. Because Scrum teams often have to attend meetings outside of the regular Scrum events. For example, you have company-wide presentations, knowledge share sessions, progress updates to management, one-on-ones, action review meetings, governance cadence meetings, idea generation meetings, workshops, problem-solving sessions, and the list goes on and on and on. This makes our tidy sprint schedule actually a lot more convoluted with all these other meetings. Now, is the Scrum framework really the problem here? Or is it simply making transparent what meeting culture is already there? Are all of these other meetings really necessary or are they merely a result of a non-optimal implementation of Scrum, with people being part of multiple teams, teams that are not really cross-functional and have to have a lot of conversations with other teams that do work for them, and product owners without actual mandate that have to organize meetings to get stakeholders involved in actually making decisions. This is where the role of the Scrum Master becomes important. Help identify the meetings that are happening that are not necessary and eliminate them from the schedule. Help the organization find other ways to organize work that aligns better with Scrum so that the need for additional meetings can be minimized. If you're doing a good job, the Scrum events themselves should be all you need in terms of meetings. Another reason we often see is that Scrum events are poorly facilitated. If we decide to spend time on a Scrum event, we should make sure it's facilitated in a way that is respectful of the time we're investing in it. In reality, however, most Scrum events are facilitated in a way that is rather boring. The sprint review is a lengthy presentation of new features without any opportunity for interaction and exploration. The sprint planning has the team sitting around a table for a good four hours, listening to two people that do most of the talking. The daily Scrum devolves into in-depth discussions between a handful of people running up to 30 minutes or more. 
And because no refinement is done during the sprint, sprint planning tends to drag on and on as work is identified and broken down on the spot. Usually only by a few people that are engaged in a lively conversation about it while the rest is just waiting for it to be over. Good facilitation requires focus on the purpose of the event and respect for the time box. What should we have conversations about? How can we have those conversations in a way that is more effective than just sitting around the table, listening to a couple of people go on and on? The role of the facilitator is to keep the conversations on topic and to create a safe atmosphere and promote open discussion. But without proper preparation and facilitation, the scrum events will be and feel like a waste of time and in a way they actually are. A third reason we see for spending a lot of time in meetings has to do with part-time team members or people that are part of multiple teams. If you're a part-time member of a scrum team, the scrum events will obviously consume a large part of your work week. This happens when people are part of multiple teams or when you do a lot of work outside of your team. There are always people that possess a skill or a resource that is needed by several teams, like a database administrator or a, a rockstar developer. And if that person has to join every Scrum event, it will certainly feel like a five-headed meeting monster. But again, is Scrum really the problem here? Or is it merely surfacing existing organizational dysfunctions? Like the idea that putting people in as many teams as possible is actually going to make you faster and more effective, or that organizations depend on individuals with critical skills, rather than having people in the teams actually develop those skills on their own. The fourth reason is the idea that only sitting behind your desk is work. In many organizations, there is a strong implicit belief that only sitting behind your desk or your laptop is work. And for developers, this is akin to saying that only coding is work. These beliefs are often reinforced because organizations classify desk time as billable work, whereas meetings are non-billable. The core assumption here is that we generate value only when sitting behind our desk or laptop or writing code, and that we should maximize that time. But that idea is very old-fashioned, because product development is not routine work. We frequently need to have conversations about where we stand to make sense of what is happening and to think about what next step makes sense. These conversations are necessary and they're valuable. Now it may feel inefficient to spend time with a whole team for an hour. You can simply multiply the people with the amount of hours and say, okay, that's 18 hours of non-billable work. But it will be more effective if the outcome that it generates. After all, everyone's creativity, wisdom and expertise was used to arrive at a shared understanding that is then carried by all. We don't have to spend time after the meeting building consensus, bringing members up to speed on what was decided, or restarting the conversation as members that didn't attend bring up good points. So now that we've explored some of the reasons for this meeting culture, and for understanding why people complain about a meeting culture in Scrum, what are some tips to actually start improving your situation? The first tip is don't have meetings. Instead, turn them into workshops or events that promote conversation and interaction. If your sprint planning looks like a group of people sitting around the table, you may have to rethink that. The same goes for your sprint review, your sprint retrospective, and your daily scrum. Meetings have the smell of being boring, tedious, and energy draining. And it makes sense, because in many meetings, what happens is you have a couple of people talking while the rest is sitting back or looking on their phone or looking outside. People don't generally feel engaged in meetings because it's, meetings are generally optimized for one-on-one -on -one conversations 
And if you have group conversations, many people will feel left out because they don't have the opportunity to say something while other people are talking. Instead, you can facilitate your Scrum events as workshops. Start with a clear goal and design a series of formats and facilitation techniques that help achieve that goal. You can use energizers to keep the energy up and make sure there's a good atmosphere. You can use liberating structures to allow everyone to be fully engaged and to give everyone the opportunity to contribute to what you're working on as a group. And make sure to close the event by asking what stood out for participants. What did they observe? What did they learn? And what can be improved to make the event more effective? Our second tip is that if you really need to do meetings outside of the Scrum events, make sure they fit into the schedule of the development team. Now, for most managers, attending meetings all day long is pretty much what they do. They are used to go from one meeting to another. This is different for a developer. Writing software requires a lot of focus and concentration, and having many meetings, even if they're small ones, really breaks your concentration. And it requires that you rebuild that focus. This can take up to 30 minutes or even more, depending on the complexity of the code base and your experience as a developer. So when you have to do meetings outside of the Scrum events, make sure to check with the development team what is a good time for them. If possible, try to group those meetings into somewhat larger moments. So maybe instead of doing five five-minute meetings, do one half-hour meeting at the end or the start of a day. Generally speaking, that's also my experience as a developer, the best moment to do this is at the start of a day or at the end of the day, and if that's not an option, then do it right before or after lunch. That keeps the morning and the afternoon um, as sort of focus time for developers. Our third tip is to use liberating structures. And as you may already know, we're big fans of that. Liberating structures are 33 microstructures that allow you to involve and engage everyone in a group, from extroverted to introverted, and from leaders to followers. You can use liberating structures to spice up your scrum events by selecting a couple that makes sense for the purpose that you have in mind and combining them into what's called a string. This allows you to move away from the boring meetings of the past with a group of people sitting around a table, but it also moves away from stickies and whiteboards for a moment. The fourth tip for you is to respect the time boxes. Each scrum event offers the opportunity for transparency, inspection and adaptation. Each event is time-boxed and has a maximum amount of time you should spend on it. That creates focus and it minimizes waste. If you stick to the time-box, even when you don't achieve the goal of the Scrum event, you help the team discover solutions for how to do a better job next time. If you don't respect the time-box and just extend it, there is no urgency to fix it. So next time your sprint planning takes more than 8 hours, just stop after 8 hours. That's a lot of time to spend on it. Just make sure you do the rest of sprint planning during the sprint. And next time you do a sprint planning, make sure you're better prepared. And our final tip is to make sure you get the most out of the scrum events by working from the purpose that they have. Because each scrum event has a very clear goal. You should use the sprint planning to set a goal for the sprint and select and identify the work that is needed to achieve that goal. You should use the sprint review to gather feedback from stakeholders and together with them, determine what next step makes sense based on what was learned during the sprint. You should use the sprint retrospective to reflect on the past sprint and identify one actionable improvement to implement during the next sprint. Use the daily scrum to create a daily plan on how the team will work together to achieve the sprint goal. 
and use refinement continuously to break down large chunks of work and clarify what else might be needed when you're doing that work in the next sprint or the one after that. If you do the scrum events in this way to achieve these goals, the need for meetings outside of these events should significantly decrease. Progress updates, action review meetings, idea generation meetings, problem solving, decision making, information gathering, they can all be part of the scrum events and create space in the scrum team's agenda. If the scrum team has to attend a different meeting, they should always ask themselves three questions. The first one is, why wasn't it part of the scrum event? The second is, how can we make this meeting part of a scrum event in the future? And are the scrum events delivering their intended value? So one thing you can do as a scrum master is to make sure you aggressively minimize every other need for meetings outside of the scrum events, except for what is necessary to help teams achieve their sprint goal. The entire purpose of Scrum is to minimize the need for other meetings, so make sure you keep that in the back of your mind when other meetings start popping up in your calendar. Let's move to the closing. In this episode, we busted the myth that Scrum is meeting heavy. We showed based on a four-week sprint how much time teams roughly spend on a Scrum event, which isn't all that much. But we also explored that there are many reasons in organizations why teams have to spend more time in meetings that are not part of the Scrum framework. And instead of blaming Scrum for adding meetings, it should be the reverse. You should actually start wondering which meetings that are not part of the Scrum framework can we start dropping or including in the Scrum events that we already have. Because if you work with the Scrum framework, the events that you have in there should be enough to do whatever you need to do to talk about whatever you need to do. In any case, it's important to keep in mind that in complex work, you need to have many conversations. And the Scrum framework allows you to have those conversations at the appropriate time, with the appropriate people, and with the appropriate goal in mind. Now, what do you think about this myth? What's your experience with it? And how have you reduced meetings that are not part of the Scrum event um, in your organization. What are your lessons learned? Make sure to let us know in the comments. If you like this podcast, please give it a thumbs up in whatever platform you're listening on. Another way to support us is by becoming a patron. Barry and I love to spend time writing blog posts, recording podcasts and creating videos and other materials that are helpful for people that are passionate about Scrum and liberating structures all over the world. We don't get paid for that, and that's fine, because we love doing this. But we can really use your support to spend more time on this. This is the stuff that we really care about the most, if we're honest. So one way to do that is to go to patreon.com, I'll put the link in the comments, and, and give us a small amount of money every month. It's just a small contribution, maybe just a dollar or two dollars a month, doesn't cost you much. But it's a great way for us to start finding more time to create more content like this. So if you appreciate our work, consider becoming a patron. Other ways to support us is by simply coming to one of our events or uh, going to our web shop to buy some of the materials there. I'll make sure to put links to all the resources I mentioned in the podcast in the comments so you can explore those in your own time. Having said that, I really want to thank you again for listening and we'll see each other again next time. Have a great day.